It's happened to everybody. Sometimes someone, a stranger, maybe someone you know, does something that just drives you insane. Maybe they cut you off in traffic. Maybe they've got a hundred items in the express checkout lane of the grocery store. Whatever it is, silently fuming, you think to yourself, go to hell. But what if you could actually send them there? And what if hell was kind of nice? Had an ice cream shop and a mini golf course. It's the greatest place in the world that people watch. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, you go to hell. Michigan. We go to hell, Michigan. And we discover a small town built on a pun and the man who has made it his mission to make every visitor fall in love with hell. More after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Hell, Michigan is a very, very small town outside of Ann Arbor. Current population is 72. In fact, it is so small that every part of the town is all within one block of each other. Today, we say Hell has three business districts, Uptown, Midtown, Downtown. There's one building in each. I own Uptown and Midtown. That's John Cologne. He's a retired Vietnam vet, and he's the owner of most of the buildings within this small town square. He's lived in and around Hell his entire life. And frankly, he really enjoys being the Lord of Hell. That's, that's my words, not his, but you can just tell. Each day in Hell, he is reminded of how long he has been there, just by the trees that he planted when he was a child. I grew up here just about two and a half miles down the road from hell. It was always a, you know, an attraction for all, all of us. The history of hell begins with one name. Not Lucifer, but a guy named George Reeves. Hell was settled in 1838 by George Reeves. He settled in our community here. He built a lumber mill. From there, he built a mill to grind the local farmers' grain into flour and stuff. How hell got its devilish name is up for debate. There's the more whimsical retelling, and then there's the logical one. Of course, John prefers to highlight the more fun backstory, which is tied to Reeves' businesses. But he also ran a whiskey still. So a lot of times that first seven, ten bushels of grain became moonshine or whiskey. And a lot of times horses would come home without riders, wagons without drivers. Somebody, they'd ask the wife, well, where's your husband? She's always gone to hell. 
1841 when the state came by and asked George what he was going to name his town. He said, call it hell for all I care. Everybody else does. The other version is they were German. If you ever go to Germany and you order a light beer or something like that, it's light, bright, but it's called hell. The word light, bright is translated into hell in German. And so it may have just been a nice bright day or something, and that's how we got our name. But that doesn't sell. So I like my version better. For a long time, hell was just very boring. There just wasn't much to do in hell. It's mostly surrounded by empty fields and farmland due to a nearby government property making it illegal to build. There is a creek behind it that people sometimes canoe in. But that was about it. That's until 1999, when John decided to invest in hell, to invest in his hometown after having run a successful local car dealership. I was actually the fourth largest volume dealer in the state of Michigan. He had an employee at the dealership who just loved going to hell and wanted to purchase a storefront in town, but could not afford it. When John found out that one of the stores was up for sale, he decided to purchase it a week later and hire her on as his first employee. When I decided to do it, even the sheriff called me and just said, Johnny, you're crazy. All the problems and the fights and the gangs that were, were down at the bar at least two times, three times, sometimes a week for fights and everything. I said, I think I can change it. The thing is, in some ways, John has already been to hell, like a pretty real version of it. He figured he could make his version of hell a lot nicer. I'm retired from the military. On the 19th of February, 1968, during Tet Offensive, there was 28 in my platoon. I served with 101st Airborne. At the end of the day, 18 had lost their life. There's, you know, 10 of us left. I was found in a body bag in the morgue. And the second time I rolled off the pile of bodies, they decided to open it. They said they worked on me for about 45 minutes. And they forgot to stop the paperwork. My mom and dad were notified I was killed. And it was like three days before they found out different. Yeah, it just, I wanted to have people to be happy and giggle and laugh, and and we've proven it more than easy to be done. These days, hell is filled with about every pun-based service, business, attraction that you can think of. There's Screams, the ice cream shop. There's the Smoke Doctor barbecue restaurant. You can buy a piece of hell, just a tiny piece of lamb. You can get married in hell. You can play mini-golf in hell. You can even go to Damnation University and get one of 56 specialized degrees, ranging from a Bachelor's of Remote Control Domination to a Bachelor's of Devil May Care Laundrology. John makes sure that the presence of puns is never far away. They're not allowed to use the word cool here. It's hot. Our postcards, we always have to warn people. They're Hellmark cards because we don't always send the very best. The attraction that stirred up the most buzz in recent years has been the one that most don't even actually visit to obtain. Thanks to the power of the internet, anyone, anywhere can be the mayor of hell for a day. We sell the position of mayor. It's $125 a day to be mayor of our town. 
2021, I think we, we had sold 272 mares for the day for the whole year. In 2022, last year, 917 people. You know, there's horns and there's a coffee mug, official mayor of hell. At the end of the day, they're impeached. And they get a t-shirt that says Office of Mayor Hell, Michigan. Then on the back of it, it says uh, Mayor Hell, Michigan, with a big black stamp uh, impeached over that. The Office of the Mayor of Hell became quite a coveted position after two celebrity mayors brought some real publicity to the town. There was a cat from California that was our mayor for the day. You know, they did funny things you know, on their internet with a cat and what their responsibilities were and his responsibility for running the town of hell. It just sourced. We had horses, pigs, dogs, rabbits as mayor of our town. All of Hell's attractions are pretty moderately priced. The town partners with different organizations to help them fundraise and give back to the community. So the next time you're passing through Michigan, go to Hell. This episode was produced by Gabby Gladney. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Amanda McGowan, Johanna Mayer. Our technical director is Casey Holford. And this episode was sound designed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time.